Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Isaiah 61 and 7. This is part two of our series called Grow. And it simply says, instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. That shame would be, he's talking to the children of Israel, and we don't have a lot of time to go into a whole lot of backstory, but basically, because of the damage that was incurred, because of the loss, because of the lack, because of what they had been through, their shame. Instead of your shame, there will be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they will rejoice in the lot, in the lot that they're given. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. And let me just say they're on everlasting. Everlasting joy doesn't mean it's handed to you in the you never go through a hard time again. It means perpetual. Everlasting means perpetual. It's dependent on what we're leaning on. It depends on what we're depending on. You can have perpetual joy, even with problems, depending on what you're leaning on. For I, the Lord, love justice. Give me just a little more monitor, guys. For I, the Lord, love justice. Somebody shout justice. I hate robbery and I hate wrong. I will faithfully give them, good, their recompense. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Let's pray before we pick this thing apart. Father, thank you again for today. I need your help completely. I have no ability to do what I do. I'm asking you to fill me. I'm asking you to fill me and to take over. And I thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, uh, Lori, I forgot to tell you the other day, I had a special guest in my shop. This guy comes in and this guy's full of energy and he's talking and telling me this and that. And uh, he says, oh, by the way, he said, my mom goes to your church. <laughs> and told me it was. Anyway, he was a joy. I think I got him talking into going to man camp, but he said it's his anniversary weekend, so I don't know. John's got that same issue, so I don't know. So here we find the Lord telling this to Israel. Now, we cannot go through the Bible we can't go through and take every promise that was made to every individual and make it our promise because a lot of things are situational to what was going on. And how many of you know Christians are really bad about making doctrines out of any Bible story they read, and it might not have anything to do with them. But I'll tell you what we can do in every part of the Bible as we see God dealing with his people. We learn the heart of God. We learn how God feels about people, how God feels about his people. 
we can learn how God deals with human beings. We learn some incredible things here about God. It says, it says that the Lord, uh, help me, help me to talk. I, the Lord, love justice. God hates it when people are wronged. God hates it when people are stolen from. God hates it when people are abused. God hates it when people take advantage of people. And this is his heart about that sort of thing. He says, instead of your shame, there will be a double portion. Now, I know that in this place, he's talking about Israel. But we find out what God is about in dealing with those situations. God has a way of lifting people up that have been put down by everybody else. Come on, somebody. God has a way of taking folks that the world has put them down, that families maybe have neglected them, that parents maybe have abused them, that friends have turned on them, people that have been wronged, people that have been rejected, people that have been left. God has a way of lifting people up that have been put down by everybody else. You might say that God is for the underdog. God is for the underdog. God will purposely pick the most rejected people to raise them up to do great things in the earth. You know, we could go to the New Testament, I believe in the book of James, where it talks about God using the things of the foolish to confound the wise. That God will purposely walk past, maybe this one has the education and the ability, and he'll pick somebody that doesn't know anything and can't do it, and he'll raise them up just to show the world that it's all him and none of us. God will pick the most rejected. God is a God of restoration. Somebody shout restoration. God is all about putting broken pieces back together. You know that we sing that song about he picked up all my pieces. He put me back together. I think the song talks about didn't even know where the pieces were somehow or another. Some of us, are, our pieces are everywhere, and we don't even know where to go to find them, but God knows. God knows where the pieces are. How does it say it about, uh, when I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. Amen? So God is a God of restoration. He loves to restore those hearts that have been hurt and damaged minds that have been damaged. How many of you have brain damage today? <laughs> Come on, that, that's all of us probably. We are, we are emotionally damaged because of what we've been through. We have been wrongly programmed and we have been conditioned because of, uh, because of environment, because of how people have treated us. And a lot of kids grow up in unhealthy situations, and they think it's normal. 
They think it's normal. But God is a God of restoration. God is a God of redemption. God is a God of redemption. God is a God of redeeming that which is lost. God is a God of finding that which is stolen and getting it back. God loves to redeem. People have taken things from you. They took parts of your heart. They took parts of your mind. They took time. They took your childhood. There are people that have stolen somebody the best years of their life. But God is a God of redemption. He said, I can restore what the years have taken what the moth has eaten. He said, I can give you more in your latter days than in the former. God is a God that can make up for lost time. God can restore it. You say, I guess I'll never get it back again. God says, how long was it? You say 50 years. God says, ah, give me 12 months. <laughs> God can do it. Listen, you might say, I'm, I'm too far. I'm too old. I've lived this way too long. I've messed too much up. There's no way I can have it now. And God says, are you alive? Is there breath in your lungs? If you are still here, give me what's left. I'll do things with it that you could never imagine. I'll do more in the time you've got left than some people do in their entire life. He is a God of redemption. He's a God of redemption. He is a God of recompense recompense somebody shout recompense so this scripture that we read it says i will faithfully give them their recompense he prefaces it with i love justice i hate robbery i hate wrong i will faithfully give them their recompense recompense if we just go to Webster's today, we would learn that recompense means to give something by the way of compensation as for a service rendered or for damage incurred. If somebody damages your property, the court will make them recompense you. They will have to pay back for the damage that is incurred. Recompense to be paid back for the damage incurred. I lost some time because it happened. So I will pay you what the time was worth. So now you didn't lose the time. I lost the thing, so I pay you back for the thing. Recompense to be paid back for the damage incurred. It also means this. Recompense to return in kind. To return of the same kind that was taken if this is the kind that was taken or the way it was taken, I return in the same way it was taken away. Recompense. 
to get it back in the manner it was taken, to get back the type of thing that was taken. Recompense. An equivalent or a return for something that was done, for something that was suffered or something that was given. A recompense is an equivalent return for suffering. Recompense, recompensation. To receive back, to be compensated again. Is anybody hearing me this morning? To be compensated again for the thing that was taken for damage incurred for suffering and in the way it was taken. There are some things that have happened to you that the people that did it to you cannot make it up to you. But God says, I will make it up to you. Maybe the one that did it is dead and gone. Maybe you didn't get to say what you had hoped you could say before they left. I just wanted to tell them before they left. I wanted to tell them what they did to me. I wanted to tell them how it made me feel. I wanted to see if they felt bad about it. I wanted to see if they would say sorry. I wanted to see if there was anything. Listen, people cannot recompense you with a soul recomp- with a re- recompensation. I say it right. With a recompensation the way that God can. It doesn't matter if they're dead and gone. It doesn't matter if you can't get to them. It doesn't matter if that door has closed, if that time has passed, and if that bridge has burned. God Almighty is able to restore. God is able to redeem. God is able to recompense. God can bring you joy. God can bring you peace. God can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around and use it for good. He is God of the recompense. There are things that people cannot make up, but God can make it up. This is what I want to say to you today because you have a part in it. You have a choice in every tragedy. You have a decision in every devastation. You can live in it Or let God do something with it. And it's up to you. It's not up to God. God has already decided what he will do for you. God has already decided what he's offering. God already has the ability. God already has the power. And God has already paid for it. He has already sent Jesus for you. Jesus has already gone to the cross. The blood has already been shed. Jesus has already been uh, resurrected. He's already sent back the Holy Spirit. So it's available. It's paid in full, and now it's up to you, and you have a choice in, in every situation, a choice in every tragedy, a decision in every devastation. You can live in it or let God do something with it. God wants 
to recompense your heart. God wants to recompense your mind. Are you afflicted in your mind? God wants to recompense your emotions. All of the emotions that were trashed your entire life. All of the love that you think you cannot have. You think, well, they can have it, but I can't. Because this happened to me. And then I did this. Part of it is that I was a victim, but part of it, I was the transgressor. I made my bed, so now I have to lie in it. Wrong. Wrong. God loves you no matter who made the mess. God loves you whether it's their fault or your fault. God wants to restore your heart. God wants to restore your mind. God wants to restore your emotions. You can love. You can have peace. You can trust. You can have friendship. God wants to do that. God wants to take the bad and do something good with it. That is our God. God says, I'll take the tragedy, but I'll use it for you. I'll take the thing that hurt you, but I'll make it to benefit you. I'm sorry that it happened, but we're not going to waste it. Don't waste your war. Don't waste your war. You had to put in too much for it. Don't throw it away now. Don't take all that hurt and then not use it. Don't let it be that you just hurt. Let it be that you hurt and then you learned and you applied it and you grew. You suffered enough when it happened. Let something good come out. So at least it's worth something. Don't let it be in vain. Let it be in value. Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things, the good things and the bad things and the hard things and the ugly things work together for your good, for your good. For them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God says, give me the bad stuff. I'll do something with it. I'll use it. Well, this happened. That ha He says, fine, but hand it to me. We can use it. We can build something out of bad stuff. I'll do something good with it. I will give you, the King James says, a twofold recompense for your shame. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This just, this just switched. This is a game changer. Pastor Vince, he did not say, I'll give you a recompense for your shame. He said, I'll give you a twofold recompense for your shame. He says, I'm not just giving back what was taken. I'm giving back 
twice as much. You are literally getting double for your trouble. Somebody give God a praise. God says, I'll give you double for your trouble. This verse, don't forget, we're reading in Isaiah 61. So we give you this verse about recompense, this text that we just started with, but it comes right after the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the, to proclaim liberty to the, the opening of prison to them that are, come on somebody. So when we talk about is this just for Israel or is this for us, I remember when the Lord Jesus stood up and opened the book and said, today this is fulfilled. I'm coming for you and for you and for you and for you. He starts handing out the blessings to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for their ashes. Would you like to hand him some ashes and cash in on some beauty? He said, I'll give you the oil of joy for mourning. You've been wanting to hang on to your mourning. He said, if you'll just give it to me, I'll give you some oil of joy. You can buy stuff with your tragedy. You can either keep on being a whiny little baby and stay exactly where you're at. You can either keep existing in the tragedy. You can keep rehash. If that's what you want, you can have it. You can hold on to the tragedy. He said, or if you hand me the tragedy, I will trade you joy and I'll give you twice as much. I'll give you double for your trouble. A twofold recompense. Come on. For your shame. He said, I'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You want to keep wearing that old thing? There are people that prefer to wear the spirit of heaviness. There are people, you say, well, I'm depressed. And you're depressed because that's where you want to be. There are people that are depressed because they choose to stay there. God forbid they have a good day. They don't want a good day. If they start to have a good day, they will sabotage it because they need to be able to tell people, I'm just depressed. Man, what a stupid society we live in. What a crazy society we live in. And so, well, you got to deal different with Johnny. Little Johnny just has anxiety. Little Johnny needs his butt whipped. You can drive a lot of that nonsense out. You, you, you can spank a whole lot of that out. But now when they're five, we say, oh, baby, you just got anxiety. He wouldn't have known what anxiety was if you wouldn't have told him. Come on, somebody. Live in this society of labeling everything, and all it does is give people an excuse not to change. Well, I can't come to church because I can't be around people. That's not what the book said. That's not what the Bible says. That is a lie from hell, and now you have a pass to not be free. Well, I'm trading in my garment of heaviness. Come on, somebody. I am trading the spirit of heaviness. I'm going to get me some oil of joy. I'm going to get me. I'm going to get me a dance. I'm going to get me a praise. I'm going to get me. Come on and help me.
Jesus paid too great of a price. Why did he do it? That they might be called trees of righteousness. Like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. The you never stick around long enough to plant any roots. So you never get help in everything surface and superficial. And you say, why am I not producing anything in my life? No root, no fruit. You got to stick around long enough to run some things down into the water and start drinking that stuff before you can produce anything. That's why your life hasn't changed. You've got to learn to sit still. God is a God of justice. He's a God of redemption. He's a God of recompense, and he wants that for you. Will you have it? Will you receive it? The man asked, asked the Lord, he said, are you willing to make me whole? He said, are you willing to receive it? A lot of people don't want to be whole. Then they'd have to work for the check. We had a lady come to one of our miracle services one time. She was a cripple, and she walked on canes or braces or something. And they had to, her family had to walk her into the church because she couldn't stand up, even on, even on the cane. They had to get under her arms, and she just all over the place. I was preaching. I forget what I was preaching on. And I, the power of the Holy Spirit come on me, and he directed me, and I never even stopped preaching. I never even prayed for her. They had set her on the front row because it was hard for her to get into the seats. And so while I'm preaching, I went down, and I grabbed her hand, and I just kept walking, and I pulled her. I pulled her up out of her seat, and I just kept preaching. And I'm walking back and forth, and she's walking like this. And all of a sudden, I just let her go, and I kept preaching, and all of a sudden, she took off. She took off. And I still have the cane. She didn't need the cane anymore. Anyway, she never came back to church. Her name was Rose. She never came back to church. I asked some of the family, I said, where is Rose? She had been coming to church, and then she got healed, and now she's gone. They said, well, they said, you all have the television. We were on television at the time. They said, you all have the television broadcast, and she gets a check every month, and she's scared that somebody's going to see her on TV up and about, and she won't get her check anymore. You see, some people don't want to be made whole. Some people want to stay in the situation that they're in, and then they wonder why they're sad. But here is God wanting to give you his best. God has better for you if you would be willing to leave the life that you have and follow him. He told the disciples, he went to them where they was at, and he said, follow me. They dropped their nets. They dropped their stuff. They left it all behind, and they started following Jesus. Come hell or high water, didn't matter what it was they followed Jesus and they got a brand new life will you leave it all behind will you turn from your past will you turn from the affliction will you turn from the pain and let him give you joy and peace he's a God of justice a God of redemption a God of recompense and listen he's not just enough God is too much somebody shout double God wants to give you double. Now listen, when we learn, 
when we learn that this is how God handles our troubles, how we are recompensed when we go through, when we learn that this is what God does with trouble and tragedy, when we find out this is how God handles opposition and enemies, paying us back double, it changes how we handle the situation. Now we know we're getting paid for it. Come on, somebody. Now we know God will restore. I will go further because of my enemies than I could have. I have gotten in this mode now where I'm thanking my enemies because I wouldn't have gone so far without them. My enemies have taken me further than my friends ever have because I had to push stuff and exercise stuff that I didn't even know I had. I have gone further by attack than I ever have by encouragement. So thank you, adversary. Thank you, opposer. Thank you, enemy. Thank you, accuser, because you taught me how to lean on the blood. You taught me faith in Jesus. You taught me the good fight. You taught me peace that doesn't make sense. It changes how we handle the situation. When we know what God, what God does with trouble and tragedy, it causes us to respond differently when we see problems coming our way. It doesn't freak us out the same. Now, they're still going to come. That's a Bible promise, too. We're going to have trouble and tragedy and trials and persecutions. But when we see it coming, we don't react like the world reacts. We react like somebody with all the power in the universe behind us. Isn't it funny how a kid does not want to be chased by somebody bigger than them until their dad is standing behind them? And then they wish trouble would come because they're waiting to show off their dad. Do you hear me? Then they wish some trouble would come because they want to show off their dad. You get to look your problems in the face and say, my daddy is bigger than your daddy. We react like people with all the power in the universe behind us. We react like somebody that already knows the end of the story. And that one that is behind us does know the end of the story. He knows the end from the beginning. And when I see my trouble, something rises up inside of me and says, this is not how it ends. Anybody ever watch Big Fish? And he said, this is not how I go. <laughs> this is not. A and now when trouble comes, I say to myself, I say, this is not how I go. The enemy of your soul. The enemy intends that his efforts will cause you to give up. But what if it caused you to step up? What if we started handling all of our problems differently? What if we started reacting differently to the attack in the opposition? When it comes, instead of cowering, we said, oh, really? What if trouble actually triggered us to step up and fight? 
What if something about the problem actually stirred us to do more than we would have normally? What if every time tragedy came, instead of throwing in the towel, you threw more chips on the table? You said, oh, yeah, I'll see your fight. I'll see your lie about me, devil. I'll see your abuse, and I'll raise you, come on, double. (laughs) What if? What if instead of leaving, you started serving? What if your bad time made you serve your good God like never before in your life? Listen, I'm taking everything that the enemy has done to try to stop me, and I'm going to tell more people about Jesus. Every time that the devil messes with me, I'm going to purposely find somebody to invite to church. I remember one time there was a situation that it just discouraged me. It stripped me every time that I thought about it. It hurt. And the devil brought it up all the time. And I thought it was going to take me out. And then one day, I got a little whisper from the Holy Spirit. The devil brought it up. And I said, you know what, devil? I said, every time you bring that person up, I'm going to pray for their salvation. And the devil didn't want to talk about it anymore. Suddenly, I quit hearing that. I quit seeing that. The devil didn't want to talk about them because every time I'd start making the prayer bells of heaven ring, I'd start claiming them and pleading the blood over them. And then he realized that forgiveness was being worked out in my heart, and he did not want that because it would set me and them both free. I am going to invite somebody every time the devil messes with me. And I'm going after the ones that he thinks he has in the palm of his hand. I'm going after the ones that you think there's no sense in inviting. I'm going after the one that the devil thinks are his key players. Jude 1 and 23. Others, you remember this from last week? Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. I'm looking to pull some folks right out of the fire. I'm going to go out here and walk right into hell and bring some folks back. Come on. I went to the enemy's camp and took back what he stole from me. I'm filling this place up. If I have to do it all by myself, unfortunately, I'm not doing it all by myself. Like Rose said a few minutes ago, we are raising an army here. We're raising an army, and we're seeing the fruit already. We're seeing the people coming. I am filling this place up with the express purpose that God will be glorified, that the people will be edified, and the devil will be terrified. That is my agenda, and I'm upfront about it. I am declaring double. Somebody shout double. God always gives me double for my trouble. I'm going to give him double because of my trouble. Everything the enemy wants to do, I'm working harder. The devil devil wants to try to take me out. I'm going to tell somebody. Here we are in this season of harvest. The Lord spoke to us. 
He said six more months of harvest from July 1st until January 1st. Six months of harvest, a time to invite, 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 invite. And then on January 1st, we are going to enter a six-month season of discipleship. Six months of bringing people in and six months of growing the people. That sounds like one year of double. Come on. That sounds like our goal is to double in one year's time. We are going to double in one year's time. Not simply double in the seats, but double in the kingdom. Not simply doubling in number, but doubling in service of the Lord. Glance around the room real quick. Everybody look at look somewhere behind you. Look around. All right. I want you to imagine, think about the very strongest families in this church. Think about the people or the individuals or the children that are the most involved. Think about the greatest servants that you see sitting around you. We're doubling that. We are doubling that. We are doubling in number, but we're doubling in spiritual growth. When the enemy doubles up, we are doubling down. Every way that the enemy has tried to stop us as individuals and every way that he has tried to stop this church and thrown things at this ministry, we are standing up and do, we are not going to back down. We are moving forward. We, listen, the, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force, okay? We are invading enemy territory, but greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors. Somebody shout double. I want to challenge you. For everything that has tried to stop you in your life, think about your life. Think about the things you've gone through. Think about the things you've suffered. Think about the things you've lacked. Think about the things you were robbed of. Think about the things you did. For everything that's tried to stop you, make up your mind today, I'm moving forward. Because of it, I'm moving forward. I used to slow down because of it. I used to give up because of it. I used to say I'm stopping because of it. But now I'm going further because of it. I'm going to use it. It has given me rubble to climb on to get higher than I would have been able to get. Make up your mind. For every time the enemy has tried to take you out, you just bring somebody else in. This is our time for double. I'm done. Give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise and a shout. Stand to your feet, put your hands together, shout unto the Lord. Come on and give him praise for this message of double. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.